My name is Autumn Guillot, and this is Working Girls History, a podcast of and for the working girl. In part one of this special edition of Working Girls History, we sat down with Marshall and Rhodes Scholarship finalist Madison Cook Hines. We discussed the process of applying to these prestigious awards and the best practices for letters of recommendation. Today, in part two, we cover writing personal essays and CVs. So I think we can move on from there and start tackling the personal essays. Yes, indeed. So there were how many for the Marshall? (laughs) There were four main ones and then several little ones, and I don't have an exact count but they were, you know, varying from 100 to 300 words were the little ones. Three to five, I'll say, of the little ones. Yeah. The ones that you want to spend a lot of time on are the main four. You have a personal statement, and then you have to talk about your leadership, your ambassadorial potential, and the program that you're applying for, for the marshal. Whereas right. the roads, it's just one essay. Yeah. And so research is kind of also very important at this stage, I would imagine. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely you should know the program that you're applying for in and out. It's not just enough to read the description on the web page. <laughs> if you can find a course catalog, that's great. If you can talk to somebody in the program, that's even better. Mm-hmm. I would suggest emailing anyone and everyone affiliated with the department, maybe, that you're applying to. Yeah. If it's a very specific program, whoever the program advisors are, If you know students who went through it, talk talk to to them. them. Mm -hmm. Um, This is also a time, one of the best fringe benefits of these application processes is that you have to activate your networks. Oh, yeah. So that people know what you're up to. So like say you haven't talked to a professor in a little while. Maybe you've graduated or haven't been in one of their classes in a couple semesters. They know, now they're up to date on you and how great you are. Because you're great. You're applying for this thing. You're (laughs) awesome. So this is A, a little plug for yourself as you're going through the process, and B, it's a way of keeping these connections alive. Um, If you have student networks, use them. Like find alumni who went through the application processes. If you have a friend of a friend, Hmm. contact that friend of a friend. Don't feel awkward about it. Those students, especially if they're winners, probably did the same thing in reaching out to random people and asking oh, yeah. questions. So it was an expectation. Personal essays, Rhodes. Yes. Is a story-driven scholarship. This means two different things. One, they love a headline. <laughs> What's your angle? That's what you have to be thinking. You have to be thinking almost viciously. Oh. Kind of like treat it like you're running for president. You're doing it for a good reason. You have a genuine idea of or vision of how to change the world, how to make it a better place and and how you fit into these solutions. But you also have to put aside any insecurities and any, yeah, but I haven't done this or that yet and just be an egomaniac at least for a month. 
<laughs> because I, as I, prep work, yes. I mean, it's the only way. Like writing personal statements, at least for me, are so awkward. You have a thousand words, and that's all you have for the roads. Yes, a thousand words. You have a thousand words to tell them who you are and why you deserve their time and attention. Yeah, and I will say there is some there is something to a little self like humor about oneself that yeah. is valuable if you're feeling deeply uncomfortable. Because I don't, I I do not excel at selling myself. Um, I think at one point in the in the actual reception, you were like, "No, don't sell your play short. It's getting good reviews." And I was like, "Oh, you're right. I'm actually underselling myself." <laughs> yeah, and and, um, and that comes humor, with a lot of different yeah. things. Yeah, humor is important. It's yeah, and so there there is a way to approach the essay. I think that is simultaneously really proud of your accomplishments and caring about what you care about. Um, that's not, you know totally egomaniac although the preparation for writing the essay does need to be so like you don't want to actually write something that a total megalomaniac no (laughs) no your opening line shouldn't be i am god oh god no that's awful (laughs) but it should it should come out somewhere and, and however you have to get in the mental space to do it it should be a confident display of your accomplishments. Right. Stand behind what you've done. Exactly. Don't yeah. undersell. Don't give away credit if it's not due. Um, also, don't claim credit where it's not due. For sure. I did yes. not write that I single-handedly got this bill through <laughs> the House, the Senate, and onto the governor's desk. Yeah. Because that's not true. But, you know, I wrote there as someone who played a huge part in it. Mm-hmm. And you're writing as a director. Yeah. There are other, obviously other players in oh, your project. always. It's humanly impossible to do a play with only one person. Yeah. And I think that's with everything. You know, nothing happens in a vacuum. You have a community. You have a family. Yeah. Whether it's literal family. My dad is my editor with everything. <laughs> um, he couldn't see my essay, but... He helped me shape my CV and was giving me constant pep talks Aww. that led to the egomania. And <laughs> and that's kind of how I was able to get into that headspace mm-hmm. to write a personal essay. But you should be thinking about your narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, they like an arc. Yeah. There's something to the journey of how did you get where you are and how did you come to care about what you care about? And how do you work towards now what you care about? Yeah. I, I, I wrote about... I, I transferred schools and changed my major a lot over four years. And so that's that's what I wrote about, partially because that's that's in my transcript and why did I do that? But it was also extraordinarily formative and yeah. how I found where, what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be. And so it was, oh, well, that's yeah. a pretty important story about my life. I'll talk about that. Part of my narrative that I, I do a lot with these grad school applications is uh, – I talk about my hometown. Mm. So you have to, like, if it's a hometown, if it's a person, if it's a class, if it was chipping on a rock, whatever it is that inspired you to get where you are. I grew up in Gatsby, Warwick. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first, the site of the first true act of the Revolutionary yes, not War. not the Tea Party. No. Burning of the Gatsby. A full year before. <laughs> <laughs> 1772, the burning of the Gatsby. And as an elementary school student, I dressed up as a tiny colonist <laughs> and did the historic walking tour. And I'm pretty sure that is why I am such a massive history nerd oh. today. So, like, you know, but being able to trace that sort of thing, like, 
you know, or I talk about growing up in the back of school committee meetings and union halls while my mom was out fighting for her job. Like, Mm. these things are formative and they're not trivial. Your life didn't begin when you walked through the hallow halls of whatever college or university that you're going to. Yeah. And that's important. But also don't spend the entire essay about when you were 12. Like, maybe make it one to five sentences and then launch from there into your contemporary achievements. Yeah. What matters to you and why? The best, best piece of advice that I got in the personal statement writing stage was to not read sample essays. Yes. Do not read sample winning essays. Mm -mm. First of all, if they're online... Everyone's read those sample <laughs> essays. Um, you don't want to sound robotic or formulaic. I, that's I think you're yeah that's super important. I think to find what is what is your authentic voice when you're telling your story. It's not just what you're saying, but how are you saying it? How are you looking at it? Um, I used the word hours. pissed in my first sentence. <laughs> so oh know, that's awesome. <laughs> don't. Don't worry about coming off as high and mighty. Don't worry about being academic. In fact, don't write like an academic if you can avoid it. No, be alive. You got to be alive in your storytelling. Because also they're reading hundreds. Yes. Hundreds of personal essays. Right. That, I don't know. I I also believe no one reads anymore. So. (laughs) (laughs) Ever. (laughs) I'm always thinking about like, what's your first sentence to actually get Mm -hmm. someone to read the next sentence? Yeah. And... It's, so it's narrative-driven. It should be entertaining. Mm-hmm. And that means you need to take time. And, you know, I'm saying this as someone who wrote mine in a month. Yeah. In one encapsulated month. Maybe was not enough time, but I turned it around. Yeah. Since you cannot have an editor, mm-hmm. be that a even a friend or a family member, but especially not a professor or fellowship advisor... Writing doesn't happen in a vacuum. You need distance from your own words. Oh, for sure. I had I developed like I, I my editing process. I'm I'm using air quotes for the oh, every human being who can't see me. I wrote the essay and then I well I wrote four different versions of it because I hated all the the ones that came before. But when I finally had a version that worked, I I walked away for it for about three days and then I came back and I just read it through from start to finish. And I didn't edit as I went. I just turned the words red whenever I didn't like them. And then I go back to the top and fix those. And then I take five minutes and go back and I'd read it again and make words red that I didn't like. And so like the more, you know, artificial distance I could put between me and my essay, the better. Yeah. Um, I mean, and whatever, you know, your writing process. There's so many different angles. Oh, yeah. I am I'm a speaker before I'm a writer. Mm-hmm. So I recorded what oh, I cool. wanted to say. Like I literally rambled at myself for like <laughs> two hours, kind of recorded an idea, and then I started typing. Mm-hmm. But like that was for me like how I was able to capture my voice and not right because like when I write, I think I've now been programmed to write like an academic <laughs> historian, and I didn't want it to come across that way right. at all. So kind of. In the same vein, we should talk about your CV. Indeed. Nothing that is in your personal statement should be also the core focus of your CV. Yep. And your personal essay should not be a regurgitation of your CV. Mm -mm. No, you have a CV for that. Use the personal essay for something more fun. (laughs) And, you know, these are the two things for the roads that they have to look at to figure out who you are. So there should be no repeats. CV, though, you can get very creative 
with the format for the CV. Mm-hmm. I think they throw up some samples. This you're allowed to look at samples for, I think. <laughs> yes, on, you are. On structure. Yes. Um, because it's not about capturing a voice. It's about how to properly arrange your commitments and your achievements, mm-hmm. highlighting the things that you want to highlight and all of that. It's about flow and structure more right. than it is about prose. Yeah. No, just getting the information across thoroughly and well. And you can have other eyes on your CV. Yes, thank goodness. So, you know, I I think I mentioned before, my dad looked at my CV, mm-hmm. my sh- fellowship advisor looked at my CV. Mm-hmm. Um, I had sent a CV that I had been working with from, like, the year previous to my letter writers just so that they had, like, yeah, kind of like an outline on. or something to go off of. And then they also were like, maybe you need to cut this out or update this mm. or, or whatever else. You have two pages. Yep. But because it's British, you can do it on the A4 paper format, which uh-huh. actually gives you, as far as like margins and the actual size of the paper, you gives you more. more than like the American letter eight. Right, we have and an inch on margin yeah. on every side. So that is a nice little thing yeah. for American students to realize that you can submit your because P- it's a PDF, but you can submit the PDF of your CV as an A4 document. Yes. What should be in your CV? Everything. Yeah, I mean, I had I had a, a brief little education section that listed, you know, my degree, my GPA, um, et cetera. There's, I had a section that listed all the all the shows I'd worked on in the past three years, your jobs, scholarships, and awards you've received. I had I ended up having a little interests section mm-hmm. where I listed things like puppetry and Brechtian theater and goat farming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at, at the bottom, I, if you've published anything. Yeah. Publication credits. If you've pre- presented at a conference, that's a byline. Ooh, yeah. Digital media publications. So if you write for a blog, if you run a podcast, if you <laughs> – if uh, my, my honors project was creating a online portfolio of my work. So I had links. Like that was a big thing. Mm. I put links all over my CV. Oh, cool. Pro tip. I'm just putting this out here. If you use Bitly, which is my favorite little trick around social media and, like, platforming, not only does it shorten a URL, because they do it for Twitter because you have, like, the character count thing. It it shortens the URL, which is helpful Mm -hmm. when you're thinking about spacing. But visually, you can edit the tail end of that URL. So if you have something like somethingsomething.com slash... 18W-AFA accent, like, you know how they have those, like, long random code stuff yes. at the end? You can get rid of all that, oh, which great. looks super ugly and takes up way too much space. And you can write some a phrase. So, like, I had a bit.ly, bit.ly slash working girls, a bit.ly slash soapbox history. And, like, I kind of made it more specific to exactly what I was linking them to. Mm-hmm. And if you have a bit.ly account, Count, which I think now you have to have. It's not a paid thing, but like you have to make a username and password. Mm-hmm. You can track how many people click on the link that you've oh. provided. So well, I neat. saw when the panelists clicked on my podcast and how many. And those links were very specific to that CV. Like I hadn't put that link out on 
Twitter or anything else. That is so cool. So, like, this is – that, like, I went to a podcasting 101 thing, and it was yeah. all about tracking social media. Right. And, and my sister is a entrepreneur and uh-huh. does, like, social media influencing. So, like, this was just something I – happen to know. Yeah. But it could be helpful for you. No, that's very handy. There is room for creativity with the CV. Also, I put, like, at the bottom of mind a little Easter egg almost for my interests. Uh Uh-huh. And I was like, mine was, like, dog lover, yogi, unenthusiastic hiker, (laughs) beach bum. And I, in one of my mock interviews, someone's like, why are you an unenthusiastic hiker? And it was, like, more of a... I say I hate nature, but I never actually hate nature once I'm out in it. Like, mm-hmm. but it's a way of humanizing yourself. Right. Because that's yeah. the other thing. Remember, we don't want bookworms right. here. <laughs> right. We want the athletic white boys. Um, well, you no, know, not anymore. Well, luckily. at least one or two of them, though, per year. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but but you're but you're absolutely right. Like, the more you can share of of your story mm-hmm. that you can't fit in your personal essay, I think the more interested they are to meet you. Like, why would somebody of your diverse interests and talents want to do this? Yeah, I listed as one of my accomplishments as coming in last place at a, <laughs> a bowl-a-thon. Um, <laughs> it, was a, it was the WEF annual bowl-a-thon for abortion access. Oh, cool. I was the team captain. Um, I had, like, basically coerced people into <laughs> participating in it. Yeah. Like, I think her team name was A League of Their Own because everyone oh, yeah. had Good. feminist puns. Absolutely. But, like, you know, that was, like, okay, I bowl for reproductive rights. Like, it's not <laughs> just. No, but see, now I want to meet you. And that's that's what it accomplishes. Exactly. They want, like, they want. They're also, this is a volunteer thing. If you're thinking about the panelists who are sitting down and reading your materials and then deciding who they want to go to a so-called cocktail hour with, which, by the way, there were no, there cocktails. Were no cocktails. There was fruit. Last year there was cocktails. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, so it must just be because it's at a hospital and they don't yeah. want us running around with champagne flutes. I don't know. I was I was salty. Oh no, <laughs> I I didn't. I was not able to eat or consume anything. But like, I think I had three pieces of honeydew melon. <laughs> that, was, that was all I accomplished. I picked like I picked the melon because I didn't think it could get stuck in my teeth, mm-hmm. and I hate melon. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, yeah, you know what? Like I, strawberries, like they stain oh, your teeth yep. red, and you can get seeds in them. And so, it, anyways, back to CVs. Yes, I think that's everything I know to say about it. Like, just take a deep breath, think about all the things you've done in yeah. the past, especially in the past four years. But I put down community obligations that I've been a part of since, like, 2012. Yeah. Um, so, like, since high school and before that. Yeah, I think I did. I put a project I did in high school because it was, like, a big fun thing. Yeah. And if it's and relevant. It was relevant. Yeah. It's relevant. Yeah. So right. put it down. I mean, I put, like, quilting bees. I won the Ancients and Horribles parade in, like, oh, 2005 cool. okay. with my sister. I, this was my mom's win, not uh-huh. me. Like, she made, <laughs> she made the costume. I won, like, most working class girl at a costume contest in elementary school. Cool. Like, you know, like, yeah. random shit. Yeah. But, like, it, it spoke to how much of a massive nerd and for how long of a massive oh, nerd yes. I've been. Oh, yes. Um, and if you have hobbies... I don't have hobbies. If you, <laughs> this is my Who has hobby. Time to have hobbies. <laughs> this is this is it. Like it's, this is talking into dead air. Yes, it's my hobby. Uh, if you do 
put it down. Like, there was one of the finalists had trained her dog to do, like, right. show yeah. tricks, and she put that in her Didn't, CV. Was she one of the She was the won? winner. Yeah, yeah, that was the Yale candidate, Lily. Yeah. Um, and so, like, that's an interesting point to talk about. Yeah. One of the other finalists who was a two-time finalist. Oh, wow. So, you know, he's been in that room twice, so he must be doing something right. Yeah. Um, he talked about poetry. Like, he loves poetry. Um, and one of the girls was sitting there sketching portraits oh, of everybody. Oh, she was incredible. So talented. And she's doing, like, medical device engineering. Yeah, like, so biomedical. Nothing to do with her thing. No, but she's just but... deeply talented at at sketching. So, you know, put it down if you got it. If you're really good at basket weaving for some reason, but you're also, like, curing cancer, just put it down. Put it down. Yeah. Um, they are interested in, like, the whole individual. They want not you to just be a person. the one-track project. Yeah. This is a good time as any to take a break. I've broken up this special episode into three parts. In part three, Madison and I talk about what it's like to make it to the finals round and what to expect. Madison is currently assistant directing a show at the GAM Theater in Warwick, Rhode Island called Admissions. It is very relevant to the world of high stakes applications and admissions. It's running until February 9th, and you can buy tickets at thegamtheater.org. I'll leave a link in the show notes. If you are a University of Rhode Island student and are interested in fellowships such as the Rhodes and the Marshall, please reach out to Kathleen Marr at the URI Office of National Fellowships and Academic Opportunities in Lippitt Hall. Follow the office on Twitter at URI underscore ONF and on Facebook. Be sure to follow Working Girls History on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like and subscribe to get all of our episodes and tell your friends. Join us next time and be on the lookout for more Working Girls Wednesdays. Working Girls History was recorded in the podcasting studio at Wachir Writers Club, a nonprofit supporting Rhode Island's content creators. Visit them online at wachirclub.org or stop by club headquarters at 160 Westminster Street in downtown Providence. Wachir Writers Club is not responsible for any content produced in the club studio. Thank you.